0: Romans chapter 8, we're in the middle of a series called The Summer of the Spirit And it's actually not a series, it's a theme for the whole summer And um, we've spent some time talking about the things that the Holy Spirit does We've hit the three C's, can anybody tell me what they are? The Holy Spirit comforts, convicts, and confirms That's where we've been And uh, last Sunday we got on Confirmed The Sunday before last we got on Confirmed Stayed on it last Sunday, and are going to continue on with it this Sunday. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14 says this, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That word testifies means to stand in agreement, to affirm, or to confirm that we are God's children. Then He goes on to say, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Look at me, and we'll, we'll get back into the Scripture in just a moment. I want to make a statement. I truly believe that everything would take care, be taken care of if God's children just knew who they were in him. Simple. If, if we could get a revelation of who God is and who we are in him, everything would be okay. And this is why God gives us the Holy Spirit to confirm with us that we are children of God. Confirms with our spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Every morning when you get up and you don't feel like a child of God, that spirit is saying to you, you are a child of God. And last week we discussed the fact that not only are we children of God. So here's the, here's the four things that we hit last week. Let me recap. The Holy Spirit confirms, first of all, that we are children of God. How many wrote these down? You wrote them down. Number one, we are children of God. The second thing that it confirms are that we are heirs. Everybody say, I'm an, heir. I'm an heir. How many want to be an heir of something? How many want to be an heir of anything? Just whatever, just give me something. Like I said last week, you going to eat that sandwich? Okay, I'll take it. You want to you be an heir of anything that we can be an heir of. So it confirms we're children of God, confirms that we are heirs, but not just heirs, it confirms that we are heirs of God. I'm not just an heir of your sandwich. I'm not just an heir of what my dad has. I'm an heir of God. What does God have? Thank you for that. (laughs) I'm going to try it again. What does God have? Everything. He owns everything. All of the earth is his. I am an heir of God. And then lastly, not only am I a child of God, not only am I an heir and an heir of God, I am a joint heir or a co-heir with Jesus Christ. That means whatever Jesus has, I have access to. All of his gifts, all of his fruit, all of his authority, all of that is mine. Jesus said this, I'm going away, but I'm going to my father, and I greater works than I did, you're going to do. How many of you daddies want your children to do greater things than you've done? Raise your hand. It's exactly how Jesus set it up. He said, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to remind him that if I was able to do some things, I want you to be able to do even greater things. There's nothing in the Bible that Jesus did that we don't have access to. So that's a recap. If you weren't here last Sunday, I recommend you go in and get, get it online and listen to the rest of it. All right, let's continue. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18. Uh, media folks, if that stuff is not working, don't worry about it, okay? Only, only work it if it's going to work right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. We finished with 17 last week, 18 this week. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. How many of you sometimes get so focused on your present suffering? One, two, three, four. How many get so focused on your present suffering? And like, what is your suffering? Like scald your tongue with your coffee? run out of gas, laid on a bill. And some of you, I understand that's worse. But when Paul said present sufferings, he's talking about people being burned at the stake, bowled alive, beheaded, tied to horses and split in two. That's what he's talking about. So just so you know that. And he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Now there's an entire there's another entire series, a summer theme just on those scriptures right there about us becoming children of God and understanding that. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage and decay to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Everybody say freedom Freedom. and glory Glory. of the children of God. Now look at your neighbor and say you as a child of God are supposed to be walking in freedom and glory. So you want to know how free you're supposed to be? Right there. Not just freedom but glorious freedom. And we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. I touched on this last week, but I want to hop on it really fast this week. i want going to hit it again. When we talk about the Holy Spirit confirming with us that we are children of God, the Scripture says that the, Holy, the, the earth is doing the same thing. The earth is in groanings. As in childbirth, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. I believe there's going to be a day that there's going to be a grand stage and God's going to open up the curtain to reveal his kids to the whole world. Right now, they're starting to see it a little bit, a little bit. But I believe there's going to be a day that there's going to be a great unveiling and we're going to stand on the stage as his kids. And he's going to be so proud of us. The scripture says the earth groans for that the earth moans in travail and so the way I interpret that every earthquake, every forest fire every hurricane every tornado, that's the earth going it's it's father's day but all you mamas, y'all know about travail right? interceding like please let this baby be born right go on, that's what the earth is doing And this is what we talked about last week. Why would the earth be in travail for you and I to step into our rightful childship, sonship, daughtership? Because the earth remembers how peaceful it was when Adam knew who he was. And as long as Adam knew that he was a son of God and was in communion with God, everything was peaceful. There was no forest fires, there was no flood, there was not even rain. A mist came up. There was anything they ever wanted to eat was at their disposal. They didn't have to decide where they were going to live or who they were going to marry. It was all perfect. And so the earth remembers that. And so the earth travails every once in a while with an earthquake. Ah! And when you see those things, you and I need to lift up our head and go, Wait just a minute, something is going on here. The earth sometimes intercedes for us more than we intercede for ourselves. And the earth is just saying what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. The Holy Spirit was there at the same time. The Holy Spirit understands how we were created and what we were created for. Verse number 23, Romans 8 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. If you're taking notes, write that down, underline it, and say beside it, we will come back to this in a minute. First fruits, not only so the earth, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So the Scripture clearly states that you and I, have been adopted into the family of God. we were not born into the family of God, but we have been adopted into the family of God. We're already adopted. He already calls us his own. But here's what Paul is saying. We groan eagerly, inwardly, and we wait eagerly for the adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies. What he's saying is, I've already been named his child, but I haven't gotten my heavenly body yet. That make sense? So I've already taken on his name, but in me, man, I want so much to be like him. I want to get to a place. And you know, as a earthly father, there'll never be a day that I will suddenly morph into my dad. There's going to be parts of him that I'll never become. There are parts of me that Evan Davis will never become. But the scripture says that, beloved, now you are the children of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall, we don't know what we shall be, but we do know that when he appears, we shall be like him. The great thing about your heavenly father is there's going to be a day that you're going to become like him. You're going to morph into a spiritual heavenly being. How many are ready for that day? How about the rest of y'all? Y'all good like you are? Y'all spoiled. You let a little age get on you. You let a little trauma get on you. You let a little tribulation get on you. And suddenly the hands change. Right? I don't want it. I, I don't want it. I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't want it to come to us. But I have a feeling there's going to be a day that you and I are going to want more to be there than we do right here. Why is revival happening in other countries? Why do we have to send missionaries to other countries just to keep up with the revival? The Christian church, especially the Spirit-filled evangelical church is growing faster in other countries. You know why? Because they're ready for another another place. They're ready for their bodies to take over. They want to be somewhere else. So, what do we do in the meantime? Now I know I'm getting the revelation that I am a child of God. I'm, I'm receiving that revelation. I'm I'm working hard to read the scripture and, and to pray and and to fast and to study because I want to be more like my dad. But what do I do in that meantime? Everybody say in the meantime. And the Bible says we go from glory to glory. I like the glory. I hate the two. Yeah. How many of your addresses two? Where you live? Two. Two what? Just two. I'm in between. (laughs) Glory to glory. I'm in that place. So what do I do? That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit confirms with you in those moments that you do not feel like an adopted child of God, that you are an adopted child of God. And it intercedes inside of you. It joins with the earth and it says, wait just a minute. You are a child of God. Of God it Confirms that with you Here's what I would say The Holy Spirit confirms with us What every child wants to hear their father say Write that down The Holy Spirit confirms with us What every child wants to hear their father say Luke chapter 3 verse 21 Check this out The Holy Spirit is just one big amen You ever met yes people? That are yeah, yeah What you want? Yeah, yeah, okay. Have you ever met him, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I see the Holy Spirit a little bit. Watch this. When something good's going down, he wants to show up. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And when he was praying, heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit showed up. Don't you love him? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up. Y'all can't have a party without me showing up. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven that said you are my son whom I love with you I am well pleased. Now the scripture clearly states in the mouth of two more witnesses let everything be established. So this is why you see the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove and a voice from heaven that's speaking out. Suddenly speaking over Jesus Christ who he was, and what God had called him to be. Now look at me. I want you to take a moment. And we're going to do do an identity series uh, in the next several months, which I'm excited about. and think it's my life message. If Jesus Christ had to have a moment where he heard his father declare over him who he was, how in the world do you think, you and I think, that we're going to make it through life without having that moment? If you've never had that moment where you clearly felt heard, him say to you, this is what I've called you to do. You need to pray for that moment. And when you get that moment, you talk about a purpose, passion-driven life. It will happen. Let's talk about the things that happen right here. The things that every child wants their father to say to them. First of all, you are mine. Write it down. You're mine. Every child wants their father at some point to look at them and say, you're mine. You're mine. Even if you know it, you got their nose, you got their ears, you want that confirmation. You're mine. Biological children, I know biological children that live their life never feeling like they've really been owned by their fathers. Never truly been accepted. Every child wants that. We long for it. We look for it. We beg for it. We want to do good. We want them to be proud. Why? Because we want them to say, that's my boy. That's my girl. Right? And this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit shows up in our life and says to us, you are his child. You are his. And this doesn't matter if it's adopted, stepchildren Biological children. I'm looking at this room right now. We have so many of you that have adopted, or you are adopted, that are in this room. Here's the thing I love. And you know, you know they talk about adopted children. They sometimes can have a complex, or they can feel like. Here's what I always say about adopted children: You got picked. You got chosen. My mom and daddy had me, and they had no idea what was coming out. Look what showed up. You know. You have no say-so, but when you're adopted, you get picked out. Yep, that's right there. I want that one right there. Adopted children that are brought in and pulled into the family of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does with us. We were not biologically born into his family, but he picked us. He said, you, with all of your blemishes and all of your mess-ups, I'm going to pick you. Look at your neighbor and say, he picked you. And say, you're quiet on Father's Day. (laughs) Number one, you're mine. The second thing that we want to hear from our Father is, I love you. The Holy Spirit descended and a voice from heaven says, you are my son whom I love. I love you. And I don't just love you, but I love you unconditionally. Now look at me. If you're writing notes, finish your notes and then look at me. This was spoken before Jesus had performed one miracle. Before he had shed one drop of his blood. His mission. What was his mission? To come, to seek and save that was lost. To shed his blood so that we could be received, we could be redeemed and saved. And yet, Jesus hears his father saying, I love you, before he had done one thing. Nothing. I don't know how you and I somehow tie our relationship with God into what we do or don't do. So I want to say something to you. The Holy Spirit's job is to confirm to you that number one, you're his. And number two, he loves you before you've done anything or after you've done everything. No matter what you've done or how you messed up, the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you you are a child of Of God. But I but I did so much. Read the story of the prodigal. Just read it. The prodigal gets his inheritance, goes and blows it, comes back home, says, I'm just gonna be a servant. And Daddy says, You ain't a servant, you're my son. Once you're a son, you're a son. You may have messed up your inheritance, but you're a son. Number three, the thing that every child wants to hear from their father. You're my son. I love you, and I am well pleased. I am proud of you. I love you. I mean, you're mine. I love you. I am proud of you. Y'all know there's a big difference in I love you and I'm proud of you? Big difference. We know our daddies love us, but sometimes we wonder, are they proud of us? But man, I love this. In the Ragsdale translation, it says the heavens were ripped open. When Jesus was being baptized, there was something about that moment that the Spirit of God could not contain it. He's like, oh my goodness. And the heavens are ripped open. There's actually a translation that says that. Just this ripped open. You're my boy. I love you. I'm proud of you. Has anybody seen that vi- video that's going viral where Pharrell is singing, uh, uh, what's that, the happy song? Have y'all seen that? And the kid starts dancing on stage? How many have, have seen it? Raise your hand. Forget the kid. Do you hear the dad? The dad is videoing it and the boy's just dancing and Pharrell turns around and the kid the dad is going, That's my boy! That's my boy! That's my boy! Just screaming. We were watching it last night. I said, Kristen, if I could get that on the screen, that's how I think that the the Spirit of God was speaking over Jesus. That's my boy. It's my boy. Look at me. Why can we believe that? But we can't believe that He does the same thing over us. I'm proud of you. You don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. I'm proud of you. I gave my life for you. And so now I'm going to give the Holy Spirit as something that's going to continually remind you of that. Because we forget so easily, don't we? I'm going to take my glasses off because that's an important thing. We forget so easily, don't we? When I take the glasses off, that's an important point. Understand that? We forget so easily. You need the Holy Spirit in your life If the Holy Spirit isn't speaking to you You need to start asking Him to speak to you Now you may not hear Him like somebody else does You may not see Him like somebody else does But you're going to know it's the Holy Spirit Because it feels good And it feels right And it feels promising are ripped open and like i said before the holy spirit is the great confirmer ripped open holy spirit goes yeah here we go i want everybody to know i'm in on this too let's go that's what the holy spirit is i said it last week how many how many have that person in your life that's just so encouraging every time you're around them you're like man I just want to. i like being around them like an inoculation when i'm around them i just feel better like a shot of b12 you know just oh come on How many you know those people I'm talking about? And you find ways, excuses to get around them. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's not this downer and depressor. You need to listen to the rest of our uh, the rest of the sermon series on this when we talk about what the Holy Spirit convicts us of. He actually convicts us of understanding that we are God's children. Number four, turn to John 14, or it'll be on the screen. John 14. In verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The things that every child wants to hear from their father, you are mine, I love you, I'm proud, I'm here. He said, I'm going to give you an advocate that will never leave you. Everybody say an advocate. Y'all know what that is, right? The person that takes over for you. The lawyer that steps in and says, I got this. The realtor that says, you're not going to have to deal with this. The CPA that says, don't even mess with the IRS. I'm going to take over this for you. I'm going to take the brunt of this. He said, I'm going to give you an advocate that will never ever leave you. And he's going to lead you into all truth. He said, look, I love you, you're mine, I'm proud of you, and I am here. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I'm here even to the end of the ages. I will never leave you. It goes on to say, the world cannot receive him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. You will never receive what you can't recognize. That's why revelation is so powerful. But you know him because he lives with you now and later, will be in you no i will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you aren't you happy to know that the holy spirit is there to remind us that he will never abandon us as orphans one translation says i will not leave you comfortless but i am going to come and get you again that old song, it's a big, big house, there's plenty of room for us. He, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, everybody look at me. You've got to imagine how the disciples, what's just been going on with them. 500 years, nobody's heard from God. The 500 years of silence, nobody's heard. Suddenly, Jesus shows up on the scene. He's the Messiah. People are getting healed. They're like, oh, my goodness, come on. This is the one we're going to follow. They're following for three and a half years, and all of a sudden he says to them, I'm about to be up out. I'm going to leave you. And he said, but it's good for you that I leave you, because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit cannot come. But when I leave, I'm going to send you a comforter. Everybody say first fruits." Remember that word we said a while ago? Write it down. We're going to come back to it. Now turn to 2 Corinthians 5 and 4, and we're almost done. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his holy Spirit Everybody say guarantee Guarantee. Remember a moment ago We talked about the fact that we have The first fruits of the spirit That word first fruits Means also foretaste A little appetizer A little snack Just a little scooby snack You know The Holy Spirit has been Given to us as a Guarantee or in Mississippi we say Guarantee that word guarantee is translated in the Greek, earnest money, down payment, a security deposit. You know when you want to go get that house, right? What do they make you do? You got to put something down. You got to put something down before we can say that this is yours. In the modern Greek, that word is used to refer as an engagement ring that you put on and say, I'm coming back to marry." You, you're already mine, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to make it official. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee, earnest money, down payment, security deposit, engagement ring that Jesus Christ is going to come back and take us home. So in other words, write this down in big letters. I've got them big letters in my notes, big letters, big font. The Holy Spirit does not just confirm. The Holy Spirit himself is a confirmation. He doesn't just tell us we're children of God. The fact that he lives inside of us is a confirmation that I am a child of God. The very fact that you feel him inside of you and feel him around you, you don't even have to hear it. The fact that you know he's there is a confirmation that you are a child of God. Not only are you a child of God, but he loves you just the way you are. And he's proud of you. And he is here. And he is coming back to get us and take us to live with him forever. Now, who wouldn't want that kind of thing living inside of him? I haven't received that word today. You receive that word today? I want to pray for you.